Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your host, Eddie Rye Jr. Uh, Congressman Cleaver is over at the White House. It's going to take him a minute or so to get on the line. But we do have a number of people going to speak in with today. And Eric, I got to add uh, the Seattle, the late, well, the uh, former Seattle Fire Chief Claude Harris. I'll send you that information. I thought I'd saved all my information, but I see that uh, I didn't. And that's it, it, really on me. So I, uh, that's why I rushed to you at the last minute today, as opposed to having it to you a half an hour beforehand. So anyway, Congressman Cleaver will be getting on. Uh, the other, we got uh, quite a few folks we're going to talk with today. We have uh, uh, new uh, leaders of the Seattle King County branch of the NAACP. Uh, Daryl Powell is a new elected president. Uh, I know that uh, Nate Miles is a new elected first vice president. And I think that uh, I'll name the other, as a matter of fact, I'll let the president name the other officers. And I do want to remind people that we will have Lanisha on uh, from the Northwest African American Museum for a few minutes to give an announcement. And then we'll also be talking with uh, 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 Chris Bailey, who is uh, the son of Mona Bailey. And uh, he's heading up the Mona Bailey Academy. Uh, they're uh, emphasizing uh, STEM classes for uh, students through the sixth through the eighth grade. And uh, as I mentioned, Hayward Evans will be on talking about uh, the Seattle uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Commemoration Committee's uh, February 25th event that will be at 3.30 at the Holgate Street Church of Christ. And it's going to be a tight day for me because uh, my mother-in-law, Miss Annabelle Gordon DeCure, passed away on Monday morning. And her service is going to be on February 25th at St. Therese. Uh, we got to get the time, uh, but hopefully uh, we'll have that information for you by next Thursday. Uh, she, I must say she was 105 years old. And we're really fortunate that uh, she was able to have her, her birthday was on Christmas Day and her granddaughter Angela did an outstanding job in making sure that uh, it was a first class event. Uh, about 40 of her relatives, her sons, uh, her son, her daughters, as well as uh, the grandchildren and other nieces and nephews were able to see her before her demise. So we're really thankful that uh, at 105, born on Christmas Day, so they got to see it her best before she for, before her demise. And then we're going to be talking with uh, 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 the first black firefighter who ended up being a retired uh, fire chief, uh, Claude Harris. He'll be on uh, a little later in the hour as well. Uh, there was quite a story about about him too. Uh, when he first he was the first black firefighter hired, and he was got his equipment was waiting at the bus stop, and then a phone a uh, uh, the fire engine went by, and everybody said, "Oh, they made the brother catch the bus to the fire." But I think we have Congressman Cleaver on the line right now. Through. I am here. Okay, good. Thank you. I'm so glad. I know you had a busy day, uh, Congressman Manuel Cleaver. I want to congratulate you for being the only congressman to have the Super Bowl champion uh, uh, stadium in his district. And uh, so congratulations to your Kansas City Chiefs for winning the Super Bowl. Well, thank you very much. Uh, it was particularly uh, refreshing uh, because we were uh, picked not to win the game by just about every sports analyst in the country. Uh, so um, uh, the second half, of course, is when Andy Reid, our, our coach, was able to uh, figure out how to, to deal with the uh, defense of the uh, Eagles. Yeah, well, and, did, of course, he did an outstanding job, I'll tell you that. Well, and, and one of the things we are hoping from that is that, uh, that uh, uh, one of our offensive coordinator 
will will hopefully be uh, hired somewhere in, in the uh, in, in the league in the NFL uh, uh, as another black coach uh, in a league where eighty percent of the players are black. Well, you know, um, it was really interesting because Indianapolis, uh, they hired a coach that was doing the play-by-play announcing. Uh, and, you know, we have several uh, offensive coordinators who are, who are black. Uh, I think that uh, the, the former quarter, pro quarterback at Tampa Bay uh, should be considered. But then again, it's just, it just continues to be the same thing. You know, you have a white coach that might coach two or three teams. Uh, if you're winning, that's fine because I know that uh, you're, you're – Kansas City coach won the Philadelphia. He won with Donovan McNabb in Philadelphia. Is that right? That's right. He, he uh, he's had his, his success as he has said uh, came with two black quarterbacks. Uh, of course, uh, Mahomes and uh, I, I think uh, he was uh, I, I, the, the the person who who uh, actually let, allowed these black quarterbacks to be uh, who they are. McNabb was a was 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 uh, more of a a passing uh, quarterback, uh, Mahomes, uh, you know, passes and runs. He's a gunslinger. Uh, so, but Andy, Andy has, one foot. <laughs> has tried his best to uh, to to push, uh, you know, black coaches. He he's 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 done a, an amazing job. Well, that's that's good. It's about time we got some equity in the coaching yes. ranks. It would be really fantastic if we had some ownership as well. So, uh, well, uh, one of the I, I agree. One of the things that happened has happened is that uh, Mahomes, uh, who is the highest paid paid pay, uh, paid player uh, in the NFL, particularly since uh, the the uh, I, I think the reality hit that uh, he he was going to be as great as he is, and so. Uh, he has he is now part owner of the Kansas City Royals, uh, and his wife is part owner of the Kansas City Current, uh, which is the women's soccer team, and they're building a stadium right now. So, uh, you know, uh, the, the 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 things are get going the way they should in terms of uh, you know you 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 uh, you get up and you pick somebody else up. Uh, uh, years ago, when I was the head of SCLC in Kansas City, uh, we were able to get uh, a partner named Martin Luther King uh, Jr. And uh, two years ago, Mahomes uh, came over, saw the park, uh, and uh, a week later came back and announced uh, that how you doing? Uh, that he was going to give a million dollars to get some new equipment, and. Uh, you know that's what we, that's what I'm hoping that these uh, young uh, athletes will do, who, who become billionaires uh, overnight. And and Mahomes is clearly a billionaire. Well, that's that's great to hear. I tell you one thing: it's not coming to black businesses in Washington State. Uh, that's one of the things I was going to mention to you. I sent you a letter. I know you're at the White House, but uh, Congressman Benny Thompson did a letter to Pete Buttigieg and to. Uh, Mary Garland, uh, December 15th. And I just yes. uh, uh, sent something to one of his staff members, Noah Harris, to see if he even got a response. I'm a little bit concerned because uh, the uh, uh, U.S. Attorney for the Western District of Washington used to be the attorney for the governor. So I'm just hoping that uh, we have some transparency 
and uh, Black bring uh, a U.S. attorney from Northern California to look at this as opposed to the governor's former attorney. Not saying that he will. I want to disparage my brother, but I'm just saying an appearance of fairness, we have to have an yes. entity, not someone that's totally related uh, to uh, the governor. So that's one of the things. And uh, I've I checked with Congressman Thompson's office as well. To well, see. I'll tell you what, as you know, you know uh, well, uh, Benny Thompson is one of the smartest and toughest uh, people I know, not not tough and smartest black people, but I that I know. And uh, these uh, uh, members of the cabinet tremble when he starts asking questions. And when I first got elected, um, I was uh, placed at my deep uh, uh, after my deep begging on the Homeland Security Committee, uh, which he chaired uh, chaired until the Republicans took over uh, in January. Uh, but he is he he did a masterful job in uh, the the uh, investigation of January January six, uh, and uh, his 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 face then became a a, a, a national face, and people realize realize just how uh, amazing he he uh, he is. He's uh, one of the most amazing human beings I know, and I uh, don't ever back down from uh, praising him and and people like Jim Clyburn. Uh, at, at at every turn, and 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 they're worthy because they they've been standing up for a long, long time. A long time. So I, I'm really happy to see that they're going to change up how they're having the presidential uh, uh, primaries uh, instead of going to uh, majority white district uh, states like New Hampshire and uh, Iowa. Right. We're going to also right. have some South Carolina, Nevada, and Georgia. So yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Well, uh, I, I think you know, even though we're in a minority, I think you, I think we're going to still get some things done. We got some good, bright people like my good friend uh, Jonathan Jackson uh, next to me, uh, uh, who who was not one of the new members elected to Congress, and uh, comes from a civil rights uh, family. Uh, and I think we're 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 getting people in who are smart and tough. And it's just a, uh, it's something I think that the public, the American public, can. Uh, can actually become uh, excited about. Let me ask you, were you surprised that uh, Mary Garland, the U.S. attorney, didn't file any charges on Matt Gates, uh, the child predator, transporting yeah. underage girls across state lines for sexual purposes and paying them? Yeah, most people believed that that, that was going to happen. Uh, most people believed that, 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 that he was going to file charges. Uh, but um, the, the Justice Department is sometimes too careful and one of the things that they uh, have been dealing with is, uh, you know, unfortunately from, from my perspective, they don't want to file charges against anybody in public office unless they are almost guaranteed that they're going to get a conviction. Uh, and I think in the case of, of Matt Gates, uh, uh, they, there was this belief that he, uh, that he did wrong, but the, the person who was, who, who was uh, testifying uh, that Matt, he he did in fact uh, see Matt Gates uh, involved with a 17 year old uh, was a guy who who has already been convicted, and they didn't believe that his credibility would be good enough uh, to keep the uh, you know when he went before a jury uh, in giving that kind of testimony. Oh, the president's walking in now, so I think I better I better go. Okay, well, uh, uh, thank you very much for taking the time, uh, Congressman Cleaver, to. Uh... To talk to speak with us, so we well, really you can hear. 
Uh, so, so thank you very much for your time today. All right. See you later. All right. Thank you, Council Leader. All right. Is Nate Miles on the line? I am, Eddie. Okay, but that's just Miss Congressman Cleaver. I was going to introduce, but he's at the White House. Uh, I want to introduce him to the new leaders of the Seattle King County branch of the Martin Luther of the NAACP, which is Daryl Powell and 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 Nate Miles. Daryl is the president, and Nate Miles, everybody in the community knows he's on about seventeen boards, and he has, does a lot of good things in the community, and also being a minister at Miles Land Baptist Church, like Emmanuel Cleaver is Reverend Emmanuel Cleaver who now has uh, been a member of Congress for a long time. So, uh, well, Nate, first of all, congratulations on, on your election. And also, I guess Daryl will be chiming in with us fairly soon. What is your what is your your visions as a, uh, the first vice president for the civil rights organization, uh, immediate and long range? Now, someone said that the NAACP is finally going to have paid staff, which I really like. Uh, and then I also got to update my membership before I get cussed out hot. Nate, so Daryl is coming on in a minute, but uh, are you there, sir? I'm getting there. How are you doing? I see, I see that big NAACP behind you, too. Yeah, yeah, you talked to Nate already, your, your first vice president. So I started talking to Nate about the direction of the organization, Daryl, but since you're the president, I know uh, the first VP don't mind deferring to the president to talk about your visions for the organization. And there's a rumor that you're going to hire a paid staff, paid staff to make sure civil rights get implemented and people's concerns be heard. So why don't you go ahead, sir, and let me know what your vision is, let the people know what your vision is. So so let me start before I address the rumor, because you know rumors get bigger each time they get passed along, right? So, uh, <laughs> so let me start by saying my name is Daryl Powell. Um, I assumed the role of the president of the Seattle chapter of the NAACP this past January. Um, I've been involved in the organization the last three, four years, got heavily involved. Um, post George Floyd. I mean, that was just a watershed moment. And it was an opportunity for us at the NAACP to come together and say, hey, you know, we need to step up our game because what's happening in this community continues to happen. It seems like it's getting worse. And so um, I served as treasurer for the last three years and then in January became president. Um, during that time, you know, we were again in COVID. So there were limited things you could do, not a lot of interaction with folks. Um, but we did begin to establish some things around economic development and um, uh, legal redress. And legal redress is the foundation of the NAACP. Um, I believe our chapter needs to, to actually reinvigorate our legal redress committee because during COVID, um, that we received a lot of complaints that were happening um, for to individuals on the job, in the workplace. Um, school district complaints of what's happening with kids with respect to education. And we actually had limited capacity to handle the complaints. Um, one, we were remote. Two, we didn't have a legal redress. So we didn't really have a, 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 a one department that was ad in addressing these the complaints that are incoming and then monitoring them. So my goal is to get back to doing what the NAACP was called to do and that's legal redress, addressing the complaints and issues that we have at the local level. Um, that's one. But I also know that, you know, we need to begin to think bigger what our role in the NAACP is. Um, I got a chance to go back to uh, the National Convention this past July, I want to say, and come to know that there are a lot of um, national issues that, they, that the national would provide support for us 
at the local level. The two areas that I'm driving my focus is this area of inclusive economy, and that's really economic development. You know, what, what can the NAACP at the local level do to impact um, reducing the wealth gap in our community, increasing jobs, increasing business capacity? What can the NAACP do in that area? And the other one was climate justice. Um, you know, that is a new area, but um, it's being uh, addressed at the national level, and I want to bring it to the local level. Just last legislative session, or maybe two sessions ago, there was a uh, in the state of Washington a four billion dollar uh, climate bill passed, and as a part of that bill, there was a, a bill that was the Heal Act, Health Equity for All Act, and it was actually dollars set aside to address uh, minority communities who have been harmed by what I'll call. Uh, environmental terrorism, for lack of a better word. Um, but if you know of folks living under wires, you know of living in areas that um, the Wamish area with polluted water. Um, the one I know specifically is in the Tri-Cities area, uh, people under the Hanford area. You know, there's been um, intentional, whether it was intentional or unintended consequences, our communities have been harmed. And so those are two areas that are very at a, that are being served at our national level that I want to bring to the local level. Um, there's a lot to be done, but legal redress, um, inclusive economy, and environmental justice are the three areas that I want to really rebuild the Seattle branch. And that's great. Now I want to go to the first vice president, Nate Miles, uh, hearing that uh, 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 the president's uh, agenda laid out. Uh, First Vice President Nate Miles, uh, what, how, what can you do to enhance uh, 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 him achieving those goals through the, through the uh, organization? Well, first of all, Eddie, I do appreciate you having us on and being a voice to help get the word out uh, in the community as you um, do your program each and every week. Um, as first vice president, my job is to make sure that I help um, President Powell push through the initiatives that he has. And one of the things that he has tasked me with is to make sure that we reach out to our young people. We're a, our organization is over 100 years old. It can only be a, over 100 years old. If we're going to get to another 100 years, it's going to be with a, another group of young people uh, who believe in pushing this organization. And you were just talking about Congressman Cleaver tapping a young woman uh, named Angela Rye. We have to tap some young people and say it's time for you to pick up this mantle and run with it so that um, this organization continues to run whether it's bringing them into the tech world, whether it's um, making sure that the older people who um, help get this organization going, whose shoulders we stand on, the Judge Johnsons of the world who got this organization, rest his soul, the Carolyn um, uh, Riley Paynes, uh, who is here, the Claude Burfics, those people help to build this organization. And we want to um, take and stand on those shoulders and take the organization higher. Um, and that's what I plan to do is to work with um, President Powell to push that forward uh, and, you know, uh, take his direction. That's what a good number two uh, guy does. I think um, the ideas that he just laid out are perfect. We can really run um, if we can take that environmental justice that he's talking about because our people are dying of a number of different things. I've had uh, relatives who've been impacted by the environmental justice. I see our communities being impacted by that. And it's also ways in which we can come in when we talk about how do we 
get the health disparities that's a problem with our people cleared up. One of those ways is by going in and cleaning up the environment. So I think he's spot on with that. And I want to be a part of what's happening there. And that's what I plan to do. Well, that, that sounds like a very admirable position to be taken, Nate, along with the, the president laying out. Uh, now, uh, uh, President Powell, uh, in the state of Washington, uh, we received a report from the Office of Minority Women Business Enterprise that uh, last year, uh, African-American-owned businesses did 1.0.18% of the state's business. And some people in Olympia, including some legislators, say, you guys don't like the governor. No, we don't like, it's not, not, not liking the governor. We don't like being this economic apartheid that we're trying to exist under. Uh, there was no affirmative action for 23 years. Governor Gary Locke uh, issued a governor's directive 98-01 in December of 98. That's what killed affirmative action. And it was just rescinded last year so the governor could in institute uh, uh, a new uh, executive order. But the, what does the executive order mean if you don't, if you don't see anything coming to the African-American community? And I've shared with you a copy of a complaint that was filed by 22 different African-American organizations, civil rights organizations, clergy. As a matter of fact, the NAACP is a part of that, uh, as well as a lot of the other uh, uh, leaders and also individuals like uh, uh, Elmer Dixon, for example, Executive Diversity Services. Uh, all these folks are being hurt by a lack of participation. And uh, hopefully, uh, as Congressman Plea was just talking about how tough Benny Thompson was, he sent a letter to Attorney General Mary Garland and the Secretary of DOG, DOT, Pete Buttigieg, two months ago. And I recently, I just asked uh, the uh, legislative assistant for, sent him a copy of the letter back, said, have you got any response back from Congressman Thompson's letter? Usually uh, people in, in uh, the administration jump when they hear Congressman Thompson's name making a request. So uh, I'm happy to see that uh, at this time, I think Claude Burphy was first vice president at that time, did sign on. So the NAACP is uh, involved like they should be on an economic justice issue. I don't know if you had a chance to review the complaint yet, sir. I know you've been real busy, but I was just wondering if you had a chance to review any of that complaint or the, a letter from Congressman uh, Benny Thompson. No, so I know that you have been sending me, you've basically been bringing me down the learning curve from the last administration, I think you were working with Carolyn and or Claude and some of these things. So you're just bringing me down the learning curve. I haven't had a chance to deep to, uh, to have a deep dive into any of those, Rob. But I did talk to uh, Claude, and yes, um, we are still supporting the DOJ, the DO Department of Justice complaint. Yep, we are still going to move forward in support of that. Um, in fact, you talked about here locally that. Uh, uh, the executive order 98.01 was um, uh, replaced this past January. You, the NAACP was a large part of making that happen. We worked with um, Jesse Weinberry and Washington Equity Now Association. We were part of the founding group that advocated with the governor's office, advocated at the King County level and at the city level to get um, to rally the support. And so um, we are, like I said, doing tr trying to get in where we fit in. And there's so so big of a need, but um, those, these issues are like broader in nature than just local. And we have actually stepped into that fray. And so um, we there are Saturday morning meetings that we have um, uh, at uh, Washington Equity Now 
um, alliance that we continue to work with in, in building out the uh, uh, what the governor is going to do now that we rescinded 98.01. So we we are again providing our support there. Well, after the first year, Mr. President, uh, nothing has happened. Uh, matter of fact, the state's procurement agency, Department of Enterprise Services, they reported that uh, all minorities together didn't get one percent, and they do all the buying. And as a matter of fact, we have been discussing with the director of the Department of Enterprise Services to unbundle these contracts. They're still trying to give the large companies everything and not breaking nothing off of them. And that's why their numbers are so horrible. So I want to say I, I, I appreciate uh, what uh, uh, Washington Equity Now is doing, uh, but uh, we got to be a little bit more forceful in terms of demanding participation. Well, well, like I said, we're, we're we just hit the ground over a month and a half ago. Um, what's happening at the state level is also happening at the county. I know that there's King County disparity. You know, they're actually going through, and the results are the same, right? We don't need any more studies. You know, I, I we've had we've had uh, eight eight uh, eight disparity studies, two private studies over the last ten years. Right. They all say the same thing: African descendants of United States enslaved are being discriminated against. It's just plain and simple as that. And we're really hoping that uh, your efforts and Nate's efforts and the efforts of other folks who've been out there on the battlefield uh, come to fruition and, and give us what we need to have. So uh, I tell you what, we have to set up a deal where uh, anytime you have something coming up or we can go on a monthly thing or quarterly thing, however you want to do it, but this is your platform. It's the people's platform. So if you have anything coming up, you want to get on the air on this program, and the thing about it is that two hours after this program is over, it's available on uh, uh, Alexa 24-7. And then after that, it's archived on my website for a year. So uh, President Daryl Powell, Vice President uh, Nate Miles, want to thank both of y'all uh, for your time today. And thank you for your work in the vineyard, trying to bring about equality uh, for our people. So thank you very much. And we'll be in touch. Like I said, this is your platform. If something comes up. I'm just on every Thursday, but people can hear you all week, 24-7. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Eddie. Thank you so and much, thank Eddie. You the... I look forward to working with you. All right. Now, we're going to do thank that, you. man. Thanks uh, for right. the fight. Appreciate oh, you. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to take a break and come back with Mr. Chris Bailey, who's the son of Mona Bailey, to talk about the Mona Bailey Academy. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion 
and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxshops.com. Don't let that herd mentality lead you off a cliff. We support thinking for yourself on Alternative Talk 1150. Eddie Ryan back in Urban Forum Northwest with my next guest. Uh, Chris Bailey is the son of Mona Bailey, and there is the Mona Bailey Academy that he's heading up, and they offer uh, uh, free STEM camps for 6th through 8th grade students and offer technology giveaways with laptops and computers for students who are in need. So uh, uh, the other thing about Chris Bailey, his family has agreed to have an award name for his late mother, Mona Bailey. And uh, that award on the uh, Saturday, the 25th of November, I mean, of, of February, will be going to Linda Thompson Black, who is at the Area Development Director for the United Negro College Fund. So, uh, Chris, why don't you, first of all, tell us about, congratulations on, on having this Mona Bailey Academy. Why don't, it's a 501c3 nonprofit educational services organization. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that before we talk about anything else? Yes, Eddie, thanks for having me on. It's, a, it's my pleasure to talk about this uh, because, as you probably well know, uh, STEM was really a big part of my mom's life and, and legacy. And that's one of the reasons the Mona Bailey Academy evolved. We really wanted to continue the work that she done, had done in the community. And it really all started because she had a, well, has a STEM day at the Science Center and they invite uh, two, two third grade classes from uh, Seattle Public Schools down to the Science Center and they go through a day of STEM. They start off in the, la in, uh, in the laser and by having a laser show and then, and then that goes off into some different STEM breakout sessions. Uh, but it was uh, just one day out of the year. And so it was my goal to have more opportunities for kids to, to really uh, learn some STEM and learn some different technologies that they could actually use in their life. So it's evolved. So instead of just having that one day, we have partnered with uh, Wildways Water Park in the summertime to uh, have a STEM experience down there. It's free to, 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 to the sixth or eighth grade kids. We encourage kids of color really to participate, mainly because of the disparity uh, in the in the numbers, when you look at math and science numbers, uh, it's really bad. Uh, and so we wanted to offer more uh, opportunities for kids to learn. So, like I said, we have two STEM camps that are uh, in addition to the one STEM day that my mom had at the Science Center. Uh, it's during the summer, like I said, at Wild Waves. And then uh, we have an upcoming winter one, which will be on February 24th at T-Mobile Park. We've invited 60 sixth through eighth grade students to come down. Our campus sold out uh, to, to really participate in, in learning some, some great skills and things that could, they could possibly use in the future, or these could even be pathways for possible employment opportunities as they get older. Um, so that's just a little bit about, that's just a little bit about what we're doing. Uh, and like, like you mentioned earlier, we do laptop giveaways and 
since COVID, we've been able to give away about 400 laptops to different students in the area and to students that actually are from my mom's hometown of Apalachicola, uh, Florida. We, we, we gave them a number of computers so that they could use the computers to, to, to for their schoolwork or really anything. Just to, and, and we also wound up giving some kids uh, that were going to Florida A&M University a laptop so that they would be ready for uh, their freshman year of, uh, of college. So that's just a little bit about our organization. Oh, that's great. So you have uh, like special events. There's not like a Monday through Friday uh, uh, session. It's just uh, a special events. Is that how you operate? As of now, we will be having okay. a more more regular event because we have uh, office space in, in Seattle. We just got the office space to do it. And uh, those will be rolling out in, the, in, in 2023 so that we can be more, more, more frequent in people's lives. And yeah, because uh, I'm involved with the MLK Gandhi Empowerment Initiative, and uh, that's going to be about training folks to be proficient with, di with digital technology. And some people are saying, well, they're laying people off. Why are you doing it? Because our numbers are low, like you said already anyway. So, uh, you know, we, we, we have to do what we have to do. I don't know if uh, uh, the co-convener of the Seattle King County Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee, Hayward Evans, has joined us. Hayward, have you joined on with, with us yet? Uh, yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Okay, I can now. Yeah, we have uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Uh, Chris Bailey on. He just went over the Mona Bailey Academy, and uh, it's been doing some uh, good things on uh, uh, in terms of getting uh, laptops out and uh, training the sixth to eighth graders. Uh, and and uh, technology, so uh, that's happening. Great. I want to know if you had any questions for for uh, Mr. Chris Bailey. Uh, uh, Mr. Bailey, first of all, let me just say we're so proud of, of Mona, so proud of your wife. It, it's absolutely mother, mother. Uh, excuse me, mother. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, where we've come from, where we're going, and now what you're doing in her name, I think it's absolutely fantastic. And given the fact that you're working with computers, I like what Eddie shared with you about the uh, um, MLK Gandhi Empowerment Initiative because I see a working relationship in the in the two groups to fulfill the needs for people in the technology industries, particularly uh, African descendants of the United States enslaved. And even though Eddie said there's, they're laying all these people off, they're really not laying off the techs and the developers. They're laying off their HRs and their middle-level managers mm -hmm. because they're saying they don't need to invest in that vein. All that's been computerized like most other jobs, but I, I see a big future still in technologies. And so I'm glad to hear what you're doing on the program. Now, you know, we, we had to name, name that award after your mother for all the great things that she's done here locally. And, and for us, uh, Brother Bailey, too many people who've done such great things that are significant for our community get lost in time. You know, when people just forget about them after a few years, we want to make sure they don't forget about your mother at all. But I, I see you doing the same thing. And uh, we're really looking forward to you being there this uh, or Saturday, uh, the 25th at 3.30, Holgate Street Church of Christ, because you are going to be a presenter. Am I correct? Uh, I haven't spoken to Eddie about that, but, you know, if, if need be. Uh, we, yeah, be we, we, want, we want the Bailey family to do the presentation to Linda Thompson Black. We would like oh, to have well. that. I just haven't It'll, talked to you about that yet. <laughs> but well, since you said you're going to be there, yeah. and I don't know if your dad will be there as well, we'd like to have 
the family members make the presentation, that would be great. We would be more than happy to, and uh, we'll we'll let you know who it's going to be. It could, but my dad may want to take over that role, which is fine with me. But um, yeah, now, I is he Peter B at zero 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 one at? Uh, is that the email address you sent me? That's the yeah. one. That's the correct one. I, okay, I sent him out a email about regarding this program the day that you're going to be on. So I sent that out last night. So he did have that. Now, oh, we great. Have, Okay, we really look forward to seeing you and the family there at uh, at uh, Holgate Street Church of Christ on the February Saturday, not this Saturday, but next Saturday at three thirty uh, p.m. at the church. Uh, I just wanted to check with uh, Eric right quick. Has Anisha De Bartlemen uh, joined in? Uh, Eric, oh, there hey, she Eric. is. Okay, we got a, a couple of minutes to give an announcement. That's uh, gentleman on the phone is uh, Chris Bailey, the son of uh, Mona Bailey, and he has the Mona Bailey Academy now. The Nisha De Barlaman is a dynamic uh, president and CEO of the uh, Northwest African American Museum. They have an event happening this afternoon, this evening. So, Nisha, why don't you give that share of that information with us? Thank you so much, Eddie. We are so delighted at the Northwest African American Museum to welcome the community to our Black History Month keynote talk. It is going to be tonight, uh, 6 p.m. at the museum. And we are featuring a keynote address by Dr. Damian Thomas. He is the curator of sports at the Smithsonian's National Museum of African American History and Culture. He is here from Washington, D.C., right here in Seattle, and we'll be speaking tonight at NAM at 6 p.m. We invite the entire community to come out and uh, commemorate Black history with us. He'll be speaking to the topic of race, athleticism, and activism, and it is a must-attend uh, event. Will it, will it also be streamed live? It will be in-person only for tonight. Okay. And you'll show it later, right? Yes, we are recording it. Okay, all right. We're going to make sure. So, Nisha, thank you for all the work you, you do. And like I said, sorry I didn't see your notice sooner because, you know, you have a place on this platform. Anytime you're doing something, you guys do such fantastic work. I still can't get over the outstanding event that you had on Martin Luther King Day with the march ending down there and all, all the things that happened. So thank you very much, Nisha. We really appreciate you. We appreciate you, Eddie. We are in this together. Thank you. All right, though. Okay, Chris, uh, uh, I just want to know if you have any parting comments you'd like to make, and we look forward to seeing you on February 25th on that Saturday. So is there anything else you'd like to comment on? Well, we can't thank you enough for ma uh, uh, making the award uh, in my mother's name. I know she's smiling down from us in, in heaven, and uh, we, we're, we're excited to begin this relationship with you and your organization. And um, yeah, we look, we look forward to a, a long-term partnership. All right, sir. Thank you very much. And we look forward to seeing you. Okay. All right, take uh, care. Eric, we're going to take a quick break and come back uh, with our next guest after this. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. 
Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxshops.com. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill in the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Alternative Talk, 1150 on AM, 98.9 HD3 on HD, 1150kknw.com on the web. I remember those days. Anyway, before we go to, to uh, Chief Cloud Harris, I want to thank uh, Sound Transit's Office of Civil Rights, uh, Equity, and Inclusion. Uh, the acting chief is Allison Smith, assisted by Nikki Chai. I want to thank uh, the City of Seattle's Purchase and Construction Services Office. Uh, Sound, uh, uh, the Port of Seattle's the Diversity Contracting Office, me and Rice, Lawrence Coleman, and Josie Regan. And uh, I also want to thank the SeaTac Bar Group, LLC. So we'll go right now. We have the first Black firefighter with the Seattle Fire Department who ended up retiring as a chief, none other than Claude Harris. So, Chief, how you doing? I'm doing fine. Doing fine. Yes, I am. Now, you know... Uh, at the last event we had, when uh, we honored you, uh, Robert Davis and some of the retired black firefighters had got a, a, a whole library of news clippings and stuff. And uh, uh, you went to a U.S. Supreme Court with Lem Howell over a promotion issue. Is that correct? Yes, that was true. Yes. And, yeah. and tell our audience the nature of, of that uh, that issue, because you guys okay. won. That issue dealt with affirmative action. The city of Seattle was using affirmative action and um, the union, and a lot of people were against it. So it, uh, it was a court case that cost approximately $150,000 for the city and uh, $140,000 for the union. And that's the union that I pay dues to. And they were fighting against uh, using affirmative action to promote uh, minorities. So that was for uh, any minority that was uh, promoted under affirmative action, whether they were a firefighter, policeman, um, uh, administrative assistant, worked for the water department, uh, or any other um, uh, division of the uh, city. And, and uh, what year was that, that 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 you actually went to Supreme Court? Uh, I, I can't remember the exact year. No, I can't. 
Okay. Well, I, I know that the clippings, Bob, Robert Davis got the clippings, so I know we can find out. But uh, now we, we're going going uh, to our event on the 25th, the Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee, and uh, we're honoring uh, Seattle Fire Chief Harold Scoggins. And we could think of no one better to present him the award than the first black firefighter, who is a retired Chief Claude Harris. So uh, I'm happy that you are going to participate and do that. And I talked to Clarence Williams, so I think we'll have, I know we'll have some of the retired black firefighters out at Holgate Street Church on Saturday the 25th at 3.30. Uh, but uh, can you just comment on 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 the Chief, uh, on Chief Scoggins? Okay, uh, well, uh, Chief Scoggins and I have a lot of things in common. He was the first black firefighter at the uh, Glendale, California Fire Department. He was the, and he worked his way through the ranks and became the first chief of the Glendale, California Fire Department. Uh, he uh, was uh, in the service. I think, he, yeah, he served with the Air Force, and uh, he was a firefighter there as well. And, um, of course, I was in the Army, and I, I just dug dug holes <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, slept at night uh, on the ground. But uh, he had a better situation than I did. But at any rate, uh, what makes it so exciting is that he's the third black fire chief to be appointed to the Seattle Fire Department. It was myself, then it was Greg Dean, and now it's uh, Harold Scoggins. And he's doing an outstanding job. He's been there approximately approximately six years now, and uh, the the firefighters uh, they love him. He's he's a fair uh, person. Uh, they want to uh, they enjoy working for him. He does uh, a lot of uh, new things. Uh, for instance, uh, every year there's a an award ceremony at uh, one of the local facilities and uh, the uh, firefighter gets an award the uh, lieutenant gets award the captain gets award and right on up the ranks they get award for doing outstanding work during that past year and uh, that causes a lot of excitement for the fireman and uh, he's he's just always uh, there for them and uh, he stayed, like I said, six years. So you don't stay uh, that long without uh, doing something uh, perfect that uh, people enjoy. And uh, he's a good guy to work for. And I know that uh, anytime the retired black firefighters want some help from him on any particular situation, he's there to, to give us as much help as he possibly can. So um, I'd, I'd be glad to introduce him and uh, give him the award that uh, he certainly deserves. Well, he is uh, definitely at all the Martin Luther King events. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I had the microphone at the, the January 6th event, at 16th event at Garfield, and <clears throat> did give him a shout out. He's always there. Uh, so we, we appreciate that. He's definitely tied to the community. Uh, don't have to go look for him because he's going to be right with us. So that's a, now I'd like to have Hayward Evans take a, a couple of minutes and just run down what people can expect on uh, 
February 25th at 3.30, uh, not this Saturday, but next Saturday, at Holgate Street Church of Christ. Uh, the, the event is being hosted by Minister Jimmy Hurd, who is a pastor of Holgate Street Church of Christ. Yeah. Uh, so, what the, so Hayward, why don't you go ahead and share with our listeners what's, what will be happening. Oh, thank you. And, and, and Chief Harris, look at man, so many new fire chiefs around this country are, are become fire chiefs because of what you've done. And I know you mentioned that 100,000 figure uh, back then. And I wonder how many millions of dollars that would be now. But you guys got together, you fought through it and were victorious. And that truly needs to be incorporated in not just uh, black history for the young people in the city of Seattle and the state of Washington, but in standard history for this state. Because what you've done is just outstanding. And well, for the event. It, it, it's the uh, the firefighters uh, coming together. And, um, you know, we had uh, that affirmative action case went all the way to federal Supreme Court. And although it costs 150000 to 140000 for the the union and the city, uh, we wanted to make sure that they were um, were um, giving us a fair uh, break and understanding when it went before the court. So we went in as interveners. Uh, we wanted to to have uh, an attorney follow through on that and put our two cents worth in. Well, it was more than two cents, but to put our uh, interest in as well. So it cost us $40,000. And at that time, we were buying the house uh, on the corner of uh, 23rd and uh, Pine. And uh, we had to raise union dues to uh, make sure that we had enough money to pay for the the intervention that we wanted to have, as well as keep paying on the house. So that was teamwork with all of us uh, black firefighters working together. And and that's why we think it's so great and so critical that at the event on the 25th at 3.30, Holgate Street Church of Christ, that you present him the award. Because truly, you were the trailblazer. And now he's well, following behind. And he's blazing trails for new uh, firefighters, and particularly African descendants of the United States enslaved uh, trailblazers. And every time when people say $40,000, look, at those, those were those dollars back then. <laughs> You put it in today's dollars, we're talking maybe million, a couple million. You're right about that. But uh, but we're just we're just so proud that you're gonna be there to present to them because it's a perfect fit. Again, it's the upper mobility of people of African heritage uh, moving up within the fire department, and that's locally in Seattle, and you can see it, and you can see it in the history. And I, I think that I think I am truly just feel blessed and on behalf of the organization. I want to say profoundly, we thank you for everything you've done, getting us to the point that we're at. And we thank uh, uh, Chief Scoggins because he's at every, uh, uh, Fire Chief Scoggins. He's at everything. Every event we've ever done, he shows up. And worst case scenario, he tries to support and sends a check. I mean, come on, what what more can you ask for? And he's been so supportive of the progressive organizations out here, not just the conservative, he's, he's supporting everybody. And truly, and he, and he walks in the spirit of nonviolence and reconciliation. And, he, and I, you can feel he embodies the spirit of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. I, it just comes out of that, that compassion and love. And then the love for his job and what he's doing. But, but who better to give him the award than you? 
Well, you've said it all. I couldn't have said much more than that. <laughs> well, I like what you said. You were giving it. You were giving me a history lesson. I should have been taking notes. <laughs> oh yeah, write that down. And that's why, again, I I encourage, I encourage the City of Seattle Department of Public Schools and, and Washington State Education uh, Association to put you in the history books. This absolutely should be in the history books, and it's something that inspires other kids. Uh, uh, in terms of their personal growth, I think it's I think it's important. Don't want it to get lost in time. Want it to want it to stand forefront. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you very kindly. And I I couldn't do it without the, the help and the support of all the black firefighters that uh, came into the fire department after a difficult time of not one. Black, black firefighter being there, and once uh, I came and I recruited, it was lonely by myself, and I Amen. figured if I could have some other brothers around, things would get a lot better, and they did. And yeah, also, I'm sure thankful that you I, took I, the I initiative, mention, sir. Yeah, I just want to mention that. Uh, Climbing that ladder was uh, pretty rough, but to see other people, uh, black black men, black women, and other minority men and women climbing that ladder is very exciting as well. And I just okay, gentlemen, we, we're out of time, uh, Chief. We'll see you on the twenty fifth. Thank you for your contributions today, Hayward. Thank you very much, but we are thank out you. of time. Okay, okay, and I'm gonna give a shout out to the City of Sales Purchase Construction Services Department the Sound Transit uh, Civil Rights Office of Equity and Inclusion, and the Port of Seattle's uh, Diversity Contracting Office uh, for uh, being our partners in getting this program and keeping the information out to the public. Uh, and once again, two hours after this program about, uh, this program will be available 24 seven on Alexa, also on my podcast, and all programs are archived on my website, urbanforumnw.com for the one year. So anybody you miss, you can go in here. So thank you very much, Eric, and we'll talk with you again next week. 